This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, indeed. And as promised, I am being joined by Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. Good morning to you, Julie. Good morning. That's quite a promise, but yeah. Well, I, I, I like to keep my I promise my word, she'll you know? be here. <laughs> she said she'd be here. Uh, and, and she I indeed, am. And she, indeed she is. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, and if you're a regular listener to this show, and I know we have many, uh, don't hesitate. To call or text right now so we can get your question answered. Uh, whether it's a phone call or a text, yes. and we enjoy both. 651 461 9226. Well, we had some much needed rain, at least in our neighborhood, yep, not a bit. whole lot. A little bit. I had about a quarter of an inch. I just checked my rain gauge and reported that in. And, and uh, yeah, so I was disappointed. I thought it would be more. And, yeah. But, you know, everything's nice and fresh and it's cool out. So that helps a lot. So that, that reduces the evaporation. Well, and uh, for some folks, I I had uh, a bunch of sod a couple of weeks ago put in, Mm. and I've been really taking care of it. And these cool nights are great for our our grasses, aren't they? Yeah, this is fantastic grass growing. Uh, We've got warm days, you know, what have we been in the 70s, low 80s, and then we've got these nice cool nights. So good time for grass. In fact, I consulted our Minnesota lawn care calendar before I got online. You can literally do anything to your lawn. Right now, yeah. And the only thing we aren't too worried about are annual weeds because they're they're kind of uh, going out out the door. So you can aerate, you can lay sod, you can seed, you can of course keep mowing, watering as needed, uh, dethatching, you name it. So yeah. this is a perfect time to do all of that. And you can also remember that you can also dormant seed in November. Uh, again, if you've got those bare patches that I know a lot of people have had after uh, the hot summer last year and then also this year. Yeah, as a matter of fact, just as you were saying, yes, this is the time to do anything <laughs> to your lawn. You can aerate, you can dethatch. Uh, a texter just as you were talking said, hi, can I thatch, dethatch my lawn and put some fertilizer and seed down? I guess yes, all of can. the above. <laughs> yes, <laughs> In you fact, can. you mentioned the lawn care calendar. I was just... Uh, Early yeah. this morning, uh, looking at that myself, uh, checking out things. But you're right. Boy, the lo- perfect weather, perfect time of year. Actually, my favorite time right. of year. Yeah, um, you can dethatch through September for that okay. thatching question. And then, uh, and then most, of our, most of our work goes into mid-no- mid-October, into late October, too. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. Including broadleaf control, broadleaf yep. weed control. 
we uh, again with our ever changing weather patterns. I mean, it seems yeah. like it's being stretched out even yeah. further. You know what we can do. That, so, and that's a that's a great point because I think as gardeners, you know, we kind of want a formula for things. We want to yeah. say, okay, first of September, first of October, end of November, but we really have to be very uh, kind of uh, diligent in watching the weather, uh, watching the rainfall checking and understanding our soil moisture and then uh, making decisions based on that information. So we're, you know, the calendar's handy, but, you know, you really have to have to be a, a, an observing and active gardener. And, or if you just start taking care of your lawn, same thing. Yeah. So there's not really, it's not as formulaic as it used to be. So. I, uh, I'm i just looking at a bunch of texts as well that's coming in, and we have phone callers as well. I'll tell you what, let's do this, Super. Julie. Let me just grab this this uh, text that came in early this morning. Sounds good. About my purple cone flowers, they, he or she, she said, they have multiplied like rabbits. Is it okay <laughs> to transplant them now? Yeah, you could go ahead and transplant them now. This is a, a good time because it's low stress. We've got this weather that that's great, warm in the day, cool at night. Yes, go ahead and transplant them now. And you will be able to listen to, like a lot of people do, because I'm looking at a text that says, is there a way to listen to this show after it has been broadcast? And yes, oh, yeah. as I told Julie a week or two ago, uh, we have many. In fact, we have the yes. most podcasts of any show on CCO <laughs> Radio by the hundreds, by sevenfold. <laughs> listen to this. Uh, thanks to folks like Julie who make this show uh, so interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Podcast. You check it out. Um, let's do this. I don't want to back up on the callers here either. Let's, uh, Dennis, let's, uh, let's go to Mary. Mary's calling in this morning from uh, Minneapolis, I believe. Mary, thank you for waiting. What's your question for Julie? Good morning. It's about the lawn. What do I do with prostrate <laughs> knotweed? Knotweed. So knotweed is, is, I believe, indicative of being a, um, a, compact, a compacted soil type weed. Did I get, am I still there? You're still here. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm getting dropped a little bit this morning. But mm. anyway, uh, knotweed is uh, indicative of compaction. So this is a good time to aerate your lawn. You want to relieve that compaction in your soil. And, uh, and, and then you definitely want to be treating that weed or digging it out in places. So, yeah, when you see that knotweed, I've got a lot of it in... Um, Areas where I walk in my garden, in pathways where I'm constantly walking or wheeling a wheelbarrow or carrying something heavy, and it's compacted down that soil. So aerating, relieving that compaction will help. Yeah, I got to do that too. <laughs> Bob, uh, this morning is calling in from I believe Northfield, Minnesota, with a question for Julie. Bob, what's your question? Thank you. Well, thanks for taking my call. Um, about a month ago, I called because my squash, Waltham well, squash, was not producing little squash. And <laughs> she said, just wait. Okay, well, now they're really producing little squash, and I'm afraid they're not going to have time to ripen. Yeah. I, she said, just wait. Okay, well, now they're really producing little squash, and I'm afraid they're not going to have time to ripen. Yeah, they, pro- yeah, they probably won't at this point, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, so I'm afraid that that's that's probably we're getting later in the season now, so we won't be able to uh, 
you probably won't be getting any mature squash. Speaking of uh, fertilizer, this tester says, what numbers should I look for when buying fall winterizer? Well, that depends on your soil test. A soil test is a good idea to have. Um, I think usually for fall, and you know, it depends on your uh, phosphorus. It depends on um, your phosphorus level, potassium level. You always need nitrogen. So that's the first number that's going to be key for lawns. And, uh, and so I think that, I don't know if there's a lot of options for f- wintering fertilizer. Uh, I think they're, when you go to the store and you go to look at those, they're fairly, fairly similar. But um, a soil test is great. And then uh, if you just need, you know, nitrogen, you would apply that. So, um, yeah, they're, uh, boy, that's a good question. <laughs> I think you're right, though, in, in looking I think at uh, when I. They're just kind of the same. I don't think they are a lot pretty of close. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Again, the the phone number is also the text number for our show, 651-461-9226. Before we break, one more text, then we'll get back with more. Uh, What could have happened to my cucumbers this year? They had brown patches on the vines and shriveled up. Mm. It sounds like there might have been a a type of a, a bacterial or fungal issue which can be something if you've planted uh, the same type of plant over and over in the same location. It's, uh, these uh, pathogens tend to reside in the soil and can be transferred to new plants the next year. So I would say rotate them, put them in some different place, grow them in a container, um, and that, that might help next year. Also look for varieties. Always start with the variety that you're growing and be sure that it's something that is resistant to some of these diseases that you've been seeing. Good point. Hang on, Julie. We'll take this quick break and be right back with more. Julie Weisenhorn answering those lawn and garden questions at 651-461-9226. We're still at uh, officially 59 degrees in the Twin Cities. We hope to see sunshine and highs near 71 today and about the same for tomorrow. Stay with us here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here along with uh, Julie Weisenhorn yeah. from the University of Woo-hoo. Minnesota answering we'll those questions. Now, we have so many callers and texters. Not right. unusual, I know, for this show, uh, Julie. So, uh, and again, uh, let, let's mention it quickly, then we'll uh, talk about it more. But uh, if you've not checked out the University of Minnesota website, give us that uh, email or that, uh, that site, would you, Julie? extension.umn.edu and uh, you can just type right in the search box what you're looking for and or you can go to our yard and garden page and scan through what we have on that page it's loaded with information for you boy that's for sure okay um linda i believe is first up here on the phone linda's calling in from lonsdale i believe uh, this morning linda thank you what is your question for julie hi i have uh strawberries plants and planters what do i do with them in the winter unheated garage leave them outside or what well strawberry plants and how big are the planters Uh, probably 20 inches across and, and deep or shallow 
Well, they're deep, I guess. Okay, so so you'd think that they could maybe overwinter through uh, in those planters. Are they like raised beds? No, no, just like round urn planters. Oh, they're they're containers. Okay, I understand they're planters. Okay, um, chances are they are not going to survive in those planters very well because they're not. They're so they're going to freeze really quickly. And uh, versus if they were in the ground, they would freeze very gradually and the plant would go dormant. But those containers, because of the size and, they're, and because they're above ground, they're going to, it's, it's going to freeze very quickly and kill the plant. So you can do a couple things. You can try to overwinter them in a garage. Um, unheated garage, not so good. 45 degrees would be preferable. You can also dig them up and try to uh, overwinter them in a refrigerator, wrap the roots in moist uh, peat moss or sphagnum moss or sawdust and, uh, and keep them in a plastic bag, the roots, and then uh, let the plants go dormant, the crowns, and then try to replant them next year. I don't know if you want to do that or how many plants you're talking about, but you can try that. The other thing you can do too is next year you can just forget about these plants this year and you can you can try some day neutral plants next year which are uh, grown by strawberry growers as I understand uh, from my colleague Annie Claude. They're grown as uh, more like annual plants where strawberry growers will plant them every year and they fruit through the entire season. So they fruit early and they fruit late into the fall and so you, you can have a really good crop that I think we lost Julie there for a moment. Again, our phone number is also our text number, 651-461-9226. Uh, and I, I alert- dropped again. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes. Did I get the, how far the answer did I get? <laughs> uh, almost complete, I would say. Oh, I'd good. Say you're okay, pretty great. much complete. So uh, thank you for that. Um, let's do this. Uh, when can I trim my maple trees? Texter wants to know. You can trim them now uh, and, uh, and go ahead and just, uh, you know, use clean tools. And uh, if it's something that's a bigger job than you can do yourself, be sure to call in a certified arborist. And you can find information on that on our webpage called How to Hire a Tree Care Professional. And that gives yep. you some really good links and some really good uh, questions to ask somebody. Very good. Elizabeth is calling in this morning, I do believe, from St. Louis Park. Uh, Elizabeth, what is your question for Julie? Oh, good morning. Thank you. I'm so glad to get through. Thank you. Um, Last year, unfortunately, we lost uh, an ash tree due to emerald ash borer. Even though we had treated it, um, did our best to take care of it, it became infested anyway. Uh, It was a large tree, and I've had three different companies come to tell me that they cannot get the stump grinding equipment through our backyard fence. So I'm looking at this enormous stump, and I'm wondering about alternative methods to get rid of it. Um, what suggest, suggestions might you have for me? Oh, boy, that is a niche question. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think... You know, the only thing that I've heard of, and I, I, I'm just going on this anecdotally, is that people will drill holes into the stump and fill it with rock salt, and it will start to break it down. Uh, the other 
uh, the other things to do is just allow it to just, I mean, it's a big stump, I understand, but um, is to allow it to just break down and then bit by bit, you know, you can, you'll be able to break it away. But um, yeah, if they can't get the stump grinding equipment through, boy, I don't know, Dan, have you ever had that problem in your yard? Well, yeah, in a way, and I, that's because of, of a fence as well. And I'm thinking, I would think that some it? arborist, there's got to be some equipment that's small enough to still sure. do the job, narrow sure. to get through a gate, you know, a standard size uh, gate right. two, three feet wide. Uh, we're going to get an answer, I know, from a listener yeah. Uh, yeah, who maybe is respond. in the business. Uh, that, that There's got to be a way of getting a stump grinder in there, even though it may be a smaller unit. Right, you know? right. We'll, we'll let you know, Elizabeth. <laughs> we'll let yeah, you know. Yeah, that's a, boy, there's a, that's a, a yeah. That's a good question. I'd put a nice container on top of it till it rots, personally. <laughs> I think I read somewhere, good or bad advice, uh, years ago about putting, uh, uh, what is the magnesium? So, Epsom salts. Oh, Epsom salts, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure. But... Yeah, Carl's behind me saying uh, burn it. So burn that's it. Another, yeah, drill a hole in and burn it. Uh, hmm. That's, a, again, very anecdotal, but uh, possible. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing to remember, too, is when you do have stumps that are that are decomposing you're going to see mushrooms in those mm-hmm. roots yeah that are spreading out because those roots go quite a ways especially larger shade trees through your lawn or garden space so you are going so elizabeth should expect to see some mushroom growth sure. along those rotting roots let's do this i know we're going to break for weather but first uh, i know lois has been waiting there in golden valley to ask you a question uh, sure if, if Lois is still there, let's hear from Lois, and then we're going to break for, for weather. Lois, what is your question, please? I, w- I want to know when it's the best time to transplant uh, clematis, fall or spring, and then do I keep watering it if I uh, transplant it now? And then would I cover it with leaves to protect it? Um... Oh, we kind of lost her there. Oh, there I am. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm getting faster at this. Um, so clematis, I think I, I think you could still transplant it this fall, and yes, you'd want to water it if we don't get rain. Covering it with leaves is great. Um, you can also do it in the spring. So it kind of depends on your work schedule. The other thing to know about clematis is there's some clematis that you cut back completely to the ground. Spring. So it kind of depends on your work schedule. The other thing to know about clematis is there's some clematis that you cut back completely to the ground. So that makes it easier to transplant it. Other clematis grow, they bloom on last year's uh, branches or the branches that they produced, for example, this year. So they're harder to untangle from your fence or from your trellis. So if you have the clematis that you cut back every year, then it's much easier to transplant it. But if you have it, that uh, is going to bloom on uh, last year's stems, then you're going to want to time your transplant after it's done blooming. Okay. Hope that makes sense. Yes, indeed. All right, Julie, we're going to have a bit of a break here and have a look at that forecast, Sounds see good. if we're going to be getting any more rain. So hang with us here, 651-461-9226 on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. <clears throat> Uh, 
And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour here on CCO. This morning helping you out, Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. And as usual, uh, Julie, callers and texters. Uh, but I was thinking, too, what a beautiful – this is, again, my favorite time of year all, yeah, all around. Very nice. But to get to the Arboretum, also oh, my yeah. favorite time of the year. Yes. Yours, too, or one of the favorites? Yeah, I love this time of year. I like these transition times yeah. between uh, – you start to see things changing, and, and we're starting to see a little bit of fall color. Um, but really important is when you do come to the Arboretum, and remember that you need a reservation to get on – uh, to get in there, um, so you can do that on arb.umn.edu. And uh, <laughs> be sure to stop by and see Audrey, the giant pumpkin from the fair. Oh, Audrey's there. Okay. Audrey's in front of the Oswald Visitor Center. She's there for selfies and photo opportunities. Um, but then also, of course, go out into, and I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, like it's the most important thing there. <laughs> but but uh, then go out and take a look the the annual garden still looks fantastic, uh, beautiful flowers, and now we're starting to get a little bit of fall color. Um, and, and and this weekend, I think it's still going on, is the glass pumpkin patch. So it's a big sale of these glass-blown pumpkins, um, just mm. beautiful stuff, and all sorts of great uh, areas to walk. And, and I would suggest getting out of your car and being sure to walk into some of the lesser visited areas, maybe some of the woodland pathway areas. The bog is very cool, uh, and it's um, it's all boardwalked, so it's easy access. If you've got a stroller or, uh, or uh, you know, wheeling your bicycle or something, you can do that. But, yeah, just beautiful. And, of course, the three-mile walk is, is a really fun way to get into the collections and off of the main drag, so... And what a beautiful weekend to do it right now. Yeah, this is oh, this man. is Ace's weather. Fantastic. Uh, folks are saying, some folks, uh, where is it? How do I get there? Oh, okay. what, what would you be the quickest uh, direction? So it's west of the metro, uh, at the in, just west of the intersection of County Road um, of 41 and 5, Highway 5. Yeah. Easy drive. Very easy. Easy drive. Yep. Straight All right. Our phone number happens to also be our text number here in the Garden Show, 651 Let's grab a phone call from Mary, who is calling in from uh, Lakeville, I believe. Oh, Mary's gone. Well, I'll tell you what. It, it, thank you, Mary. We'll uh, just give us a, another shout back when you have time. My Amaryllis, this texter says, is looking great. I have beautiful green leaves. What's the next step in getting this thing to bloom again this winter? Okay, so uh, you want to bring that plant in before frost, and uh, you can put it down in a, you know, a dark closet in your basement. Uh, you can put it in your garage, and um, and just let it go dormant, and let it go dormant till probably for about twelve weeks. So we're looking at about three months. Take it out of the dark area, water it, cut off the dead leaves. And and put it in a sunny window, and uh, chances are it's going to pop up a nice big fat bud for you. Good. Yeah, works great. Texter says, how do we eliminate creeping Charlie without chemicals? Mm, you have to dig it out. It's the only thing you can do. And, uh, and, and you just have to keep digging it out because it's a perennial. It has uh, creeping roots that any little piece of root that you leave in that soil, it's going to re-sprout. Just have to keep at it. Okay. I'm going to get back to the phones in a minute. 
But uh, this texter says, we had a ridiculous number of mole tunnels in our backyard this year, and it was impossible to keep up with it. I'm wondering, texter says, if the grass needs any attention when it appears green to us right now. Well, this is a great time, as we said at the beginning of the show, great time to do any kind of aeration, uh, any seeding, fertilizing, broadleaf control, broadleaf weed control. Um, But for moles, I think probably... Maybe maybe doing aeration and then overseeding to strengthen your grass uh, and uh, just being sure to water it enough. So I don't know why. Moles are usually prevalent when there's food sources, which are usually grubs for moles, mm-hmm. grubs and earthworms. Yeah. So if you see a lot of, if your lawn is very bumpy, you may have a lot of earthworms and that attracts the moles. So I think aeration would help and to get those, uh, get those uh, grass roots really, really strong. Absolutely. Let's grab a phone call from Gigi calling in from Hopkins this morning. Gigi, what's your question for uh, Julie? I don't have a question. I have an answer for the <laughs> lady oh. that oh. Uh, the stump grinding through a narrow yes. fence, yes. because that is exactly what our problem was with a demised <laughs> ash tree. Uh, we had a 30-inch fence and nobody would look at us. Mm. Uh, but the The gentleman's name is Jeff Weiss, W-E-I-S-S, and I have a phone number. And what did he do? Uh, He ground up my huge big stump. I I put a yardstick on top of my stump, and there was inches on either end, so it was a very large stump. Mm -hmm. And he took care of it wonderfully, cleaned up, uh, very pleased with his work. Uh, his phone number is 952-412-3721. And he got, through the, he got through the gate okay. Yes, yes. Yeah, I thought it was possible. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you, Gigi. Appreciate that. I, I knew there had to be a way. They had to have some equipment that, yeah. that, to, to, to overcome that, that, that issue. Very good. Uh, let's see. Another phone call. Dan is calling in from Minneapolis uh, this morning. Dan, thanks for calling. What's your question for Julie? Hi, Julie. Hey, when Hi. do you pick acorn? When do you pick acorns to wash? The plant is dying. Okay. Is it time to pick them. Uh, usually, you want to pick those squash, and then you want to cure them. So you want to, uh, if the plant is dying. Um, if you can leave it out a little bit longer, I think it's usually just after a frost you would pick those squash and let them cure. So that toughens the, um, let's, it, it toughens the, the rind or the skin so that it can, it can store longer. And we do have on our vegetable webpage on Yard and Garden, we have vegetables A to Z, and there's good information on winter squash and, and when to pick it and how to store it. So take a look at that webpage. It's at extension.umn.edu, and go to Yard and Garden, and then look under the vegetables A to Z for winter squash. I'm going to grab some more text messages, Julie, but in the meantime, Great. Bruce is calling in from Glencoe this morning. Let's grab Bruce's call. Bruce, what's your question this morning? Thanks for calling. Good morning, Julie. Thank you for taking my call. I live in the country in Glencoe, and we have fairly large acreage, which was a pasture years ago, a dairy farm pasture, which has these oak, beautiful oak mature oak trees. And we have three or four that are showing stress. The leaves are turning brown. 
Uh, It's almost like it's starving for water or it's, we're not sure what, who to call or what to do. Okay, that's a great question for an arborist, for a certified arborist. And I know you live out in the country, but I, I think that if you go to our webpage on how to hire a tree, a tree professional, there's a link there for the, inter, uh, it's, it's the ISA, it's the International Society of Aboriculture, and they have a, a webpage there where you can plug in your zip code, and it will bring up any, uh, any and all certified arborists or members who are in the area. So that's, I would say that, because those trees are really valuable. I'm guessing it's probably heat stress from last year and now a little bit this year. Uh, and I'm not sure in Glencoe how much rain you've had, but we have had not much in the metro, and so trees are showing some stress. And that could be the case. But uh, definitely for those kinds of trees are so important is to have a professional come in and take stress. And that could be the case, but uh, definitely for those kinds of trees are so important is to have a professional come in and take a look at those. A couple of related things before we break up. I'm sure. looking at the uh, the text screen about one is, can I add lime the same time I'm fertilizing my lawn? I want your comment on that. And then uh, piggybacking on that. A texter says, how much is a basic soil sample cost? And I think okay. maybe we could address they go both together. of those. Yeah. So a soil sample is $17, and it's through the University of Minnesota Soil Testing Lab. This is a good time of year to do soil samples and then have that information for next year. Uh, as far as lime go, again, that's going to depend on your soil test. Lime uh, addition, when you add lime to uh, your soil, you're raising the soil pH sweetening, I'm doing air quotes at the moment, sweetening the soil, which uh, raises the soil pH. Oftentimes in, in the, uh, at least in Minnesota, in the central part of Minnesota and southern Minnesota, we rarely need to add lime to soil to raise pH. Um, plants grow great 6.5 to maybe, you know, 7, 7.5 is, uh, is, a lot of plants will grow well in those, that soil pH and um, so we rarely need to add lime unless it's directed by a soil test. So a soil test is the first step in determining whether you need that lime or not. Okay, very good. Hang on, Julie. We have more time to answer more questions uh, here on our Smart Garden Show. Just a reminder, coming along in the 9 o'clock hour, Luke Panic will be filling in for Andy Lindis in our Home Improvement Show. If you have any kind of a deck or porch questions, besides any kind of a home improvement question, but if specifically decks or decking, you want to tune in and uh, give uh, Luke a call or a text, that's next hour here A News Talk 830 WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to the remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show here on CCO every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to good folks like Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M answering all these phone calls and text messages uh, as usual this morning. I know, Julie, you wanted to uh, kind of follow up on that squash question. I did because uh, I'm just I pulled up during the break. I pulled up our squash page and there's a section on harvest and storage. So I wanted to just give a little bit more detail to that. So according to this information, um, you can you should pick winter squash and pumpkins before a hard freeze. So I don't know when that is. Usually, I want to say it's usually in uh, maybe early October, and and, uh, and cut the fruit from the vine, and then just let it uh, field cure. In other words, leave them out in your garden patch or your field uh, for a week or two, 
and that will help to toughen that skin up for longer storage. I mentioned that to the caller before. And if the weather gets bad, you can bring the squash indoors and and uh, just store it in a warm, like 80-degree, well-ventilated space. So if you have a furnace room and your furnace is running or top of the refrigerator is always good. Um, and then, uh, so that's how you can then toughen that rind so they store longer. All right, good. Thanks for the follow-up. Now, there's yes. a, a text uh, kind of related. We're talking about a soil test. Texture says, after the soil test, is it better to amend the soil, yet this fall or first thing to do in the spring? Currently, nothing grows in the area, not even aggressive okay. ground cover. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so a soil test will give you the information that you need. And then uh, it depends on what you're amending for. So if you're if you're trying to lower your soil pH, which is not a long-term fix for things, like let's say you want to grow blueberries, you have to do it repeatedly. You would want to add sulfur to the soil now because it takes several months for it to break down. So, so that's one case where you would amend it now. If, if it's calling for more organic matter, it's a great time to do soil amending uh, if you can do that. And especially if you have an area that nothing is growing in. So get the soil test, and I would amend it now. And then in the spring, you may want to add, the, add some fertilizer uh, so that you're uh, based on the recommendations as well. Okay. A couple of minutes to go, Julie. This texture says, what can I use to treat the soil in my potted plants for insects before bringing them inside? Oh, well, you're not really, you know, the best thing to do, if you have insects in the soil, if you know that you have them in the soil, repot your plants. Don't even, there's nothing to treat soil with that will kill off all the insects in the soil. You really don't want to do that because you'll end up killing off uh, valuable microbes as well that are in the organic matter in the soil, and that doesn't bode well for your plants. So if you have sow bugs, if you have earwigs, that kind of thing, I sometimes have those in my containers this time of year, repot your plants before you bring them in. Get some fresh soil, uh, buy it, you know, buy a sealed new bag, repot your plants, clean the pots, and then bring them in for the winter. Okay. This uh, texture, Julie, wants to plant a maple tree, and they, the question is, what is the latest this fall that I should put one in the ground? Well, the sooner you can put it in, uh, and this is a great time to plant trees and shrubs, is the sooner you can put it in, the longer the plant has for those roots to start to get established before it goes into uh, winter dormancy, and it allows the plant to then gradually go dormant. Uh, so I would say sooner the better, uh, the latest, <clears throat> again, it depends on the weather, and it depends on our soil freezing. So um, I think you could probably probably have a couple more weeks, but again, the sooner the better so that those plants can get their, their roots, at least start to get their roots established. It takes several years, but and then be sure to water the plant up until you can't water any longer oh, yeah. based on our rainfall. Good point. Is this a good time to move peonies, listener wants to know? Yes, this is a good time to move peonies. It's a little bit late. Usually we say August, but you can still move them. And be sure to dig as deep as you possibly can. Those roots are very tuberous. They're very long, uh, and they go quite deeply. Got about a minute to go. I'm going to finish on this note here. I'm looking at a text that says uh, we were at the Arboretum on Thursday, and what a great day we saw Audrey <laughs> And the Yay. dahlias and roses were just beautiful. That comes from Chris from Montgomery. So awesome. thank you, Chris, Thanks, Chris, for telling us that. Yeah. And again, uh, Julie, for those that uh, have yet to check out the University of Minnesota website, tell us about that. 
Yeah, extension.umn.edu. There's lots of great information on the Extension site, but go to Yard and Garden and you'll find information on the podcast for these shows that we do here on CCO, Smart Garden, uh, you, so you can listen again. But you can also find information on everything from vegetables to flowers to house plants, um, and and then read our Yard and Garden News, which is our uh, comes out twice a month, and it's written by educators on the horticulture team like myself, uh, who uh, write about current issues that we see. And quickly, what about the Abiders' next gig? <laughs> hey, the Abiders are playing next Saturday hey. uh, at Buddy Boy Fine Barbecue in Minatrista. It's just a little bit east of St. Bonifacius on Highway 7. Come on out. It's great food, uh, beer and wine, family-friendly. We'll be out in the tent, and we start about 5 o'clock. Music, and you can ask Julie questions during the break. Okay, <laughs> yeah, God bless. Yeah. Julie, thanks so much. Always a pleasure. Take care, thanks, and uh, we'll talk soon. That's Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota and also the Abiders. Get those home improvement questions ready, especially Dex next hour here on CCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.